It's Black Friday, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. I hope everyone had a very pleasant and safe, boy, the weather was nice. It's cold out, though, uh, Thanksgiving. Obviously, a lot of the um, uh, the talk is is now just how things are, are going to go as far as, hopefully, this will be a successful Black Friday for all our local retailers and in that spirit and in the light of that i want to remind you on this black friday and again i hope everyone had a great thanksgiving tough loss by the patriots very tough loss by the patriots but all in all a very pleasant day if you want to see some good video we have it up on depetro.com i had a very active wednesday night out and about with the police there's a lot there you can see uh but when you get a chance but you know as we're coming to the end of this year and especially around the holidays folks you want to make sure that all your finances are in order and for over 125 years ameriprise financial has provided advice for clients unique goals help millions of americans retire on their terms when they want where they want doing what they want as an ameriprise financial advisor Tom Bryan remains true to the vision, always putting clients first. Ready to help you get where you want to be today into the future. Put the strength of a leader retirement planning to work for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Tom Bryan will work with you to develop a financial plan, track progress towards your goals. Call Tom Bryan today. Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401 434-1510. Take advantage of a free consultation. Office is located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. Why not take advantage of this? Make sure everyone's goals are different. So you have an opportunity to sit down with someone and go through your practices, what your goals are. Instead of maybe over the course of the holiday, sitting down and listening to advice from a brother-in-law or someone like that, I'm offering you a chance on this Black Friday, sit down, and all you have to do is call and set up that free consultation, Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510, think about this, for over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has helped millions of Americans retire on their terms. As an Ameriprise Financial Advisor, Tom Bryan, advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, remains true to the vision of putting clients first. So if you want to do something for yourself on this Black Friday, before everyone starts running around and doing shopping and you're getting gifts for others, a gift for you is to take advantage of this free consultation and sit down with Tom Bryan. And remember, as an Ameriprise financial advisor, well, they're going to put you first, get you where you want to be. Put the strength of a leader, retirement planning, to work through you, a personal one-on-one relationship. Tom Bryan will work with you, develop a financial plan, track progress towards your goal, Call today. Call right now. 401-434-1510. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. Free consultation. Office is located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence. Go with a trusted professional and take advantage of this free consultation with Ameriprise Financial Advisor Tom Bryan. One more time. 401-434-1510. So, folks, as I mentioned, it is Good Friday. We're going to um, uh, replay some of the highlights of the week as, you know, politics obviously continues to dominate and the uh, both the nation and the state certainly has a lot of challenges in going forward. And also, there's uh, some interesting stories in the news that still getting some details on that, that armed robbery with uh, Martha's Vineyard that was so unusual and a story that's also breaking news that I find it hard to believe, 
but that both, all right, it's one thing Kanye West had dinner with President Trump at Mar-a-Lago, but there's a report that Nick Fuentes also dined with President Trump and Kanye at Mar-a-Lago. I, uh, I believe it was right before Thanksgiving, and that one I find really surprising why President Trump would sit down with someone like that. Either one of them, really, but certainly this uh, Nick Fuentes, who was, um, there's, there's nothing to be gained from that. Um, I hope the report is not true, and I hope President Trump is not spending any time with someone like that. So that and a lot more, folks, it's uh, Black Friday, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. <clears throat> Excuse me. We, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining us, managing editor, AnchorRising.com. It is our friend, uh, Justin Katz. And Justin, I'd like to start off with, um, you know, you and I talk about different times. Uh, I think there's, there's definitely media bias. And the Officer Lugo that came down last week, folks, this was the Providence police officer. He was acquitted for striking this woman, Jennifer Rourke. Um, he, he started off running for lieutenant governor. He pivoted into the state Senate race. And then obviously because of the actions happened late June at the state house, <clears throat> he had to withdraw from the race. Um, I, I mean, the more we had learned about it, it certainly seemed it was a little bit of a, a shaky case. He was acquitted on on basic assault, but but just that I I, I don't know. I it, it's as if um, I I got the impression the media did not like the outcome of the case. They kept referring to it as a punch when basically it came out in court that you know Jennifer Rourke for various reasons, whatever reasons, but she was less than truthful. Her story kept changing and seemed to be more of a slap. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on just what led up to the fact that he still has to appeal to try to get his job back with the city of Providence as a police officer. Yeah, this is one of those lessons in, in uh, internet media that everybody should learn. I mean, the very first time I saw the clip from, from podcaster Bill Bartholomew, it was a, a five second slip uh, clip, which was actually about a one second cut from a longer video that he slowed down to make it seem like it took a longer time. Once I saw that, I knew there, there had to be more to the story and everybody ought to know that. And if you watch, you can now see it. You can find it in multiple angles. We have them on, on Anchor Rising if you dig a little bit. Um, when you watch the whole sort of brawl, as it's being called, it's absolutely obvious what happened. Now, the motivations are another thing. But what happened was somebody cold cocked another, another guy who was there filming it from the it was a it was a pro-abortion rally and he was pro-life just filming it and somebody attacked him and hit him. Lugo was nearby and went to intervene. Rourke grabbed him from behind. Lugo reacted, whether it was a punch or a slap or a push, whatever, whatever it was. He, he got her off him. She recovered quickly, but then he was tackled and beaten by multiple people. I mean, that's what happened. It's so obvious this court case could not have gone any other way and have there be any such thing as justice in Rhode Island. And it doesn't matter that he was a cop or she was a black woman or whoever it was in that situation, it was completely obvious that this should have gone that way. And it, it would have if it weren't for um, a Bartholomew clipping that 
clip and it going viral. And But one of the most lamentable, you mentioned he has to appeal to get his job back. One of the most lamentable parts of the whole thing was the letter from the, the Providence chief of police uh, basically calling out Lugo and saying he hit her and then walked away, which was just patently not false he right. as soon as he had his his as soon as he reacted to her he was body slammed to the ground and then like four or five guys started beating on him. and that's that's what happened in the video and for the police chief to be saying otherwise is i mean frankly lugo ought to be lawyering up i think and suing a whole bunch of people but it's just just the whole thing is just maddening, especially the reaction people get. The videos are out there. You can see them. And so Bartholomew was his morally reprehensible what he did. And the idea that he's still a, a producer for WPRO, I mean, that's just ridiculous. They're, they're journalists defending him, which is indefensible. Oh, I mean, even Ethan Shorey from the Valley Breeze, who's often pretty good, is saying, oh, well, TV news does this kind of stuff all the time. No, they don't. They'll, they'll show the clip and maybe they'll slow down part of it, but the context is absolutely clear. It's not an isolated video. And Rourke, her, her behavior has been abhorrent in this whole thing because she knows what happened. She was there. She was one of the parties to it. She just egged it on for her progressive ends. The whole thing is, is pretty gross and it's really terrible that, that he ought to be having to go through all this, this trouble to try to just get back to a, some sense of normalcy in his life. You know, it's interesting, Justin, again, folks, our segment is politics this week with this Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, is ultimately the Providence police went moved to fire him based on that video clip, that five second clip. As you say, it was one second slowed down, but they, they went to fire him off that. And I just want people to understand, normally in the context of things, you'd want to see the full context of of what led up to him being in that moment and then what immediately happened afterwards. That's not what it was. Uh, and, and that video took off. The, that, that's the most viral video of the state this year and maybe even next year, but it was 5 million views. I noticed it was quickly unpinned that, from Twitter for those that know the term, but Justin does as soon as the verdict came down. But, um, and Justin, you were also raising another good point. I, I, I was amazed that two weeks after the incident, was the first time that the state police were trying to find that first green guy in the Adidas warm-up jacket that, you know, really kind of kicked things in motion and threw the first punch. I've never seen them post that would they need the public's help trying to find the guy in the Wu-Tang uh, Clan shirt that basically grabbed uh, Officer Lugo from behind. And then you're exactly right, body slammed him down. But th this was such an avalanche that weekend uh, the media turned it into a feeding frenzy. If you remember, Jen Rourke was then even raising money off it. But I, I, I didn't see a lot. I actually didn't see anyone write like, hey, in hindsight, you know, maybe maybe we didn't look at this the right way. I don't see anyone in the media saying, huh, boy, the, the judge's reaction really doesn't match the way this was reported uh, in the first at least week, if not two weeks that, after this occurred. No, they're all out there acting as if this is some racial if evidence that that white police could get away with anything. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there's as you, as you say, there's the there's a guy in the green whatever outfit jumpsuit who jumped the other the other journalist or, or the other the pro-life guy and started pounding on him on the yeah. ground. That's when, uh, Lugo, yeah, that's when Lugo jumped in. And then another bunch of guys started beating on Lugo and the state police sort of broke that up, but then let those people walk away. And I think it's important to remember, we've seen this video many times now and revisiting it. Uh, you know, you can see all of those people's faces very, very clearly. And yet yes. you hear about where are these people? The person, the person to blame in all of this is that guy with the green jumpsuit who attacked somebody unprovoked. Yes. Where is that? Where is where is the outrage at that? They don't, you know, they they pick people, they they support uh, the media that is. They pick people, they pick a narrative, and then they go with that no matter what. And I mean, the the police thing is, I mean, I, that I was just stunned when I saw the the Providence Police Chiefs uh, calling for Lugo to to 
resign or be fired or whatever it was. I mean, it's just, it wasn't even, you know, you would think, well, we're evaluating everything. We want to make sure we, the right thing is done. No, it was, it's completely just fabricated that he walked away as if he came out of nowhere, clocked Rourke in a head and just strolled away whistling. No, he was pummeled. And that is, that is a big concern. I think not only for, for media bias and, and ideological bias in the state, but if I were a police, Providence police officer, I'd be looking at that and thinking, what is going on here? I mean, that, that was just, it was just so out of bounds, put aside even police for, for the, the head of any kind of organization or agency to be, to be just pretty much lying about what happened, or at least so, so terribly ignorant of what was out there and what was available to be seen on video that he, he didn't care and just wrote a letter. I, I had to, I have to believe that came down from a Lorza in the mayor's office saying, no, we, we got to get rid of this guy. He's, he's cramping my style with my, my reparations and, and all that kind of stuff. But it, the whole, the whole episode's just kind of gross. And, and I do wish, you know, as you say, I wish there were some media people just saying, Hey, let's, let's pause a second and re reevaluate how we responded to this, because that would be a, that would be a very, healthy outcome instead i think we, we, we get deeper investigations when some kids put a or young young men put put stickers white supremacy stickers on some mailboxes in bristol you get a manhunt for that that's right in a pro-choice rally you get a guy who who unprovoked assaults and batters somebody an innocent guy taking pictures uh that that's nothing that's oh well whatever i mean he shouldn't have been there in the first place etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean it just the, the priorities are all out of whack and i think people really have a have a good reason to start questioning whether they can get I'm, i mean i my call would have been that, that lugo would have gone down because i didn't think he could possibly get a fair trial but but Ooh. at least the judge pulled through and, and and at least acknowledged the obvious and that um <clears throat> that monday I mean, we saw that Governor McKee, they did the press conference um, after the, the whatever, the neo-Nazis were banging on the glass, screaming at the communists. That Monday, the state police could have called the press conference and held up blown up photos and said, these are the individuals we're looking for. We're looking for this guy in the green jacket. We're looking for this guy in the Wu-Tang shirt that then body slammed a police officer. Uh, there was nothing like that. The state police, you haven't heard anything about it. On top of that, it, it's, it's highly unlikely that both of those individuals just showed up on their own. They, they, they knew someone, someone knew who they were, someone knew who both of those individuals were, especially the, the one in the green warm-up Adidas man. I, I was told that he was either boyfriend or a brother of someone that was involved with the rallies. He's even an MMA, a MMA fighter. So he's definitely known, but whether or not they were actually looking is, is another matter. We've seen when they want to find someone, when they want to draw attention to an incident, when they want the public's health and see a situation like this, no interest in trying to find some of these individuals. Folks, quick break. Much more head politics this week. Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals, they're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, I wanted to get your thought. Finally, the Boston Globe did a story on that uh, Matt Brown co-op collaborative. You know, they were actually even whooped more than I thought. I think according to the, the Boston Globe story, this was initially Matt Brown. They, we're going to go. We're taking over the whole blank and state house, 51 seats. Da, da, da. Well, it wasn't 51. 
I think it ended up being 29. They lost every Senate seat that they went for, every state Senate seat. I think it was 13 of them. And they, they uh, out of 15 rep seats, I think they won two. So, um, and then obviously, you know, Matt Brown, that was like an invisible campaign. Cynthia Mendez came in third trying to run for <clears throat> lieutenant governor. And then, you know, obviously that Jennifer Rourke even got beat. But um, but I, I was glad to see the, the story, Justin Katz, simply because initially the entire narrative was the voters of Rhode Island rejected, you know, the Republican Party and their message. And it's because of democracy and it's because of Trump and hate and all this other stuff. I, the, 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 the group that was the most rejected by the voters was the extreme left the uh, progressive uh, co-op that they, these people started. Yeah, it's interesting how they, I mean, even in acknowledging that how badly the co-op was beaten, this Ed Fitzpatrick has to emphasize other progressives did really well, though. You know, they, they can't really let that go. They, they've right. got them. But I, you know, when you when you look at it, I mean, if, honestly, Matt Brown, whoever has been funding him and his campaigns, he ought to give the money back. But the they went after the governor with the homeless stuff. They made his life miserable. They went after leadership. They're vicious. I mean, Matt Brown with his, we're going to take over the whole thing. They're all, you know, they're all corrupt. Just the constant attacks uh, provoking opposite. They even have been provoking opposition from the likes of Patrick Crowley, who's far left labor guy in the state. I mean, he's, he is central to the progressive movement in Rhode Island. They even were having problems with him. So I, I think that's, they, they learned the hard way. Uh, an important lesson that we're all learning now is you've got to be on their good side so you can get the ballot harvesters to put your name on that ballot. I that's think right. that is that is at the end of the day, that's what we're going to be learning. And, you know, in, in a way, I, I kind of wish that these co-op types and those progressives were not so nuts and like part of a cult because there really could be some common ground for people who at least who at least think you ought to be able to be elected without you know groveling before the insiders and the the establishment into state house <laughs> at least if we could get some consensus on that but it, it can't happen because they're so nuts but yeah they they were beaten soundly very soundly. I mean, Matt Brown was fourth in the primary. I mean, if you count his primary votes, he the two independents in the race for in the general election almost matched his primary results in the Democrat primary. So you, you're talking really, really bad results here. So it, it'll be interesting to see whether they they reformulate or I, I guess it depends where where the money's coming from to fund all this. But in, in some ways, it's it's positive because they're all they are so nuts that if they did get a stronghold on the state house, it would have spelled real trouble for the state of Rhode Island. On the other hand, it shows, you know, you, at this point, you've, you've got to go along. Otherwise you just have no hope. You know, Justin, but I, I didn't see a lot of uh, examination of, well, maybe their policies were rejected. Maybe people, you know, don't want these extra taxes. Maybe they don't want to defund the police. Maybe, you know, the, their attack on our form of government, maybe that's not, you know, popular. Like I, I know they, the, the, the media, the local media didn't seem any, any hesitancy to basically make these pronouncements, right? That, you know, they, Alan Fung was linked with extremists. That's why he's lost. And Ashley Paykalis isn't from here. That's why she, but I, I don't see any, gee, maybe the message that Matt Brown and the co-op collaborative, maybe that leftist progressive message they're putting forward is just not resonating here, you know, in the ocean state. Oh, no, not, not at all. You'll never get that. I mean, when you, you can see this in a lot of the journalists, uh, say Mike Stanton or um, uh, McKay, Scott McKay, when they're out and free to do a pine on, on social media because they're no longer journalists, they are as far left as, the, as you oh, get. Yeah. And so the story is always the same, right? If, if any Republican, you could have the most crazy conservative Republican, somebody who, who does crazy things all the time is, a, is almost like a cartoon. If he loses, it's not because he was crazy. It's because, oh, his policies, right? And that was the headline from the Globe a week or two ago. Uh, you know, voters rejected the parents groups, right? That's, if, if they're rejected, it's, it's always because they, they're just out of tune. It's not because of the candidates, it's not because of the situation. In this case, it's progressives were, the, the, the co-op was not elected because they didn't, they didn't play nice with the other progressives, was basically the, the narrative. And that, that part may or may not be true, but it's, it's always the story. And it's as I, as I 
pointed out, um, I think it was last week, the, the storyline when they lost in the primaries was, oh, the leadership withstood the withstood the co-op's advance as yeah. if you know it wasn't it wasn't that the progressives were unpopular it's just that the leadership was just so powerful they they couldn't overcome that hurdle it's always to encourage them and to discourage uh conservatives and that we see that even in in you know dr munez and, and all the other ones they're all oh well they're they're out there and they're fighting the good fight and they're they're sticking up for their values that's the storyline they get their free headlines they get to be a, a local celebrity for a little bit conservative Nope, nope. You're just you're rejected. We hate you. You're a villain. Uh, you should never have tried. Is basically the message you get. You know, <clears throat> Justin. Yesterday, I, I saw on um, on Twitter it was an NPR story about Stacey Abrams, who again just lost, running for governor in Georgia, and the headline was kind of akin to "It's kind of puzzling. Could the problem be the party, meaning the Democrat <laughs> Party, or could it be the message?" And I, I thought, "Gee, how about option three? Maybe the voters just don't like her." Is that an, even an option? Maybe they don't like the candidate. Why does it have to be? Well, it's got to be either the message or it's got to be the party. Like it can't be the person. So many times in politics, people vote for the person and they vote for actually a person that they happen to like or they, they think they like. Um, but you're exactly right. They, they don't look at that in any way. Well, it could be the person because this is someone who's brave and you know everyone looks up to and it must, it must have just been the messaging. The messaging must have been wrong. Now, Justin, where, where do you think the Rhode Island Republican Party, where, where do they stand now in, in the aftermath of, I, I mean, they can try to spin it any way they want, but th- th- these were, I think, I mean, these were disastrous results. This is not the results they were looking for. Um, this business of a couple of them came close. That's, it's certainly not about that. So where, where do you think the party stands and where it goes forward? Well, honestly, I think they're they're about where they were before the election. I mean, I think in, in some ways, Ashley Kalis came in with a lot of money, and 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 the departure of Langevin gave Alan Fung another another run, and so the, the Republican Party in the state was more, I guess, competitive and 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 prominent than it might otherwise have been. And of course, it was a year where everybody was kind of expecting a red wave, as they say, um, and so I think. in some ways we're right back to where we were and that's not a terrible thing i mean our lessons learned it's you know if you're not moving if you're if you're stagnant at least you're not moving backwards i think there's a lot of room to to take some evaluation of of what was going on and i think that's why i was disconcerted by the the channel 10 discussion of the two party chairs that we saw last week was just because it didn't seem like there there was a lesson being learned and I, i think that's the real key here they they need to they need to reinforce they need to get to know their voters they need to get the mail ballots going they they need to do all that and i suspect what we'll get is well i i hope not but I, the danger is that we'll get the republican party lots of internal incriminations there'll probably be some squabbling for somebody to take the chairmanship or not or, or there'll be the, that kind of infighting uh and everybody will have a different opinion on what ought to happen and what really ought to happen is going back to square one let's figure out what we all agree on let's organize on new reality of mail ballots and, and move forward slowly starting at the local races and i think that's i've been saying this for years they they need the farm team they need to go back to getting town councils and school committees and maybe a rep here or there uh but the problem is you you get into it in rhode island as a republican and suddenly you're running for governor and that, or, or for Senate or whatever, and that's, that, right. that's just not that's just not healthy. They they really need to evaluate. But I will say the every time this happens, I'm I'm reaffirmed. And, and the big problem is uh, people kind of assume like there there are folks out there who are just it's sort of like our our moral duty to uphold the Republican Party or something. Is no, all of these people are volunteers. There's no incentive in the Republican That's Party. Right. You're you're not going to get a career as a, a high powered lobbyist. You're not going to be. They're not. The party's not going to be able to bounce you around from one nonprofit to another. Now you'll work in this office when this person wins governor. You'll be in that office and then et cetera. And then you'll go to Congress. There, 
that's not on offer among Republicans, and that's that's a major problem. Uh, they've they've got to they've got to just go back to the basics and be kind of the party of of the people and, and get get much better at communicating. The problem is that takes time and it takes money, and, and busy people just aren't able to do that really. And so many conservatives just give up in Rhode Island and leave the state, which is completely understandable for them to do. But it's it's very difficult to keep a, a movement going when that's all the case. It is. <clears throat> and, you know, to think at one time, I mean, Buddy Cianci was elected mayor of Providence as a Republican, <clears throat> and that ship has sailed. I mean, right now we're looking at three areas where essentially there's no Republican base whatsoever. And that's Providence, Pawtucket and, and Central Falls, where there's just there's no semblance of a of a competitive Republican Party. I think they said Smithfield right now seems to be the, the most balanced of any city or town. Folks, another quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Remain healthy. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401 305 3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skincare. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, I also want to get your thought. This was very disturbing last week regarding the emergency room situation in, in Rhode Island. Now, I know it's Governor Key went off on a step giving long break but for them to call this press conference and you know over the next couple of weeks this is when someone might have to go to an emergency room and i'm not talking about the people that use it as free you know clinic and float in and out and and that this is um we're in a very serious situation when they you know department of health called the press conference and said that that 82 year old grandfather waited two days at the hospital after he had a heart attack Another woman had a miscarriage. Her and her husband had just be in the hallway. And then uh, there was someone that went in one of the emergency rooms who was suicidal. Three days, three days he waited for someone to see him. I, um, with all this COVID money they've had, I, I, I just, I, it is just beyond me that they, they see these problems to me that there's got to be flags that this, it's like a wave that you're seeing that's coming towards the shore. But Boy, everything always just seems to go into panic mode. It does because they don't want to fix the the fundamentals of the You're system. Right. I mean, it, I mean, it goes back to, I mean, even in during the Obama era, the the state jumping in on on Obamacare with both feet and that, all of that sort of thing. They 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 just don't take care of the fundamentals and a lot of the the coverage of this sort of thing uh, is almost as if how are officials going to deal with this thing that's just kind of happened to them? No, it's all about incentives. It's all about structuring a healthcare system that, that works. This is what you get when you get socialized medicine. You get people, I mean, they're, they're big, their big ask for everybody is stop going to the emergency room when you don't have to, you know, that's, you know, you know, what works really well for that kind of thing, a pricing mechanism. If it's, <laughs> right. if it's inexpensive for me to go oh. to my doctor or a local clinic to take care of something that I'm, that's wrong, I'll do. And yet it's, might be super expensive if I go to the emergency room when I don't have to. People will do the, be- the the smart thing and go to their doctor first, but we're not allowed to do that. Everything's got to be free. Everything's got to be, uh, you know, covered by taxpayers. And I think there there are a lot of unknowns here. And I it's it's one of those areas. I remember I don't know 10, 15 years ago, the journalists had a, a round in, in Rhode Island talking about how how it's it's a playground for journalists here. And they were talking about political corruption. But there there are massive, huge investigative reporting stories to be done. Who are the people at the emergency room? 
go find out who are they? What are they doing? Why are they there? Uh, what, who's paying for it? What's their insurance? Are they immigrants? Right. Are they, are they yeah. on, all on Medicaid? Are they all on uh, the, the low cost uh, Obamacare exchange policies? Maybe, maybe not, but there's, there's a lot to the story. You just don't get told. And instead it becomes this, this, uh, well, you know, everybody, you've just got to adjust your life and go to a, a different hospital. And, you know, it ties in with, with a point that comes up. It's, it's almost like every season has its version. When, it, when the power goes out, Every year, there are more generators because when you have the money, you learn the system doesn't work. You've got to fend for yourself. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. I'm sure people who have resources are, are using their doctors. Actually, a lot of them are probably just going to Massachusetts, which is a lesson my family learned a long time ago. If you have medical problems, go to Massachusetts because Rhode Island is just not the place to do it. And I think it just, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And there's no incentive, especially now with with, with, with this wipeout of Republicans and and just the insiders completely ascendant, especially with the mail ballots, there's no reason for them to change. And then the, the little thing journalists could do to help with that is to start investigating, investigating the underlying problems, but, but they won't because they support the idea of socialized medicine. That's, uh, that's a priori what they want to do. And so they, they don't want to pick up any, turn over any rocks that might show, you know, maybe this isn't such a great idea. Maybe we need some diversity of, of thought in government. Maybe we can't have government fund everything. And that's, that's where this really comes from. And I, I think it's just going to get worse. And that's, that's a danger and is a problem. Justin Katz, last week, uh, Mayor Lorza held a press conference and there was new mayor-elect Brett Smiley takes over in January. Also, former mayor, Angel Tabaris, and then also former mayor, Ambassador Joe Palino. And we just haven't seen anything. The only one uh, of note, other mayor who's still alive, actually, is uh, Congressman Cicilline. Uh, Cianti has passed away. Joe, Joe Dorley recently passed away. But what was remarkable about it was, was them encouraging and almost saying if they had to do it all over again, the thing that you know they regret was not – was you know this whole business with the Providence Teachers Union and go to more charter and it, to me it almost rings as if they're saying just give up on the public school formula in Providence your best bet is to go much more heavily into charter schools and as you can imagine I mean that is building up and setting up what is, what is going to be a war I think next year with the Providence Teachers Union but Mayor Lex Smiley agreed to be part of it. And it's interesting, Justin, because someone pretty connected to the situation told me that Brett Smiley's ambitious, nothing wrong with that. And he sees two things that could stand in the way of someday maybe him being Governor Smiley or maybe even more. And that is the schools and also crime in the city. But he got a little flack. And once again, you know, you and I have talked about it, but nothing has changed even after the John Hopkins report. But what do you make of that? press briefing that by all accounts, it looks like Mayor Lorza was the one to put that together. Well, I mean, in some ways, it seems like a step in the right direction, because at least they're admitting there, there are alternative policies. On the other hand, it's not a workable solution. There's no way you could ramp up enough charter schools to do it. What they just need is full-on school choice to in, encourage competition and let the private, right. private schools move up. And, and that just, there you go. That would, be, that would be the solution. And it's something that there could be capacity for without undermining uh, everything. Uh, it's it's one of those things. It's, it's, I don't know why people aren't even more demanding. I mean, I, I, that, that'd be, would be interesting to hear is why these mayors are going after this. I mean, who, who are they hearing from Is there maybe a groundswell finally coming out or was it more just, I don't know, a, a typical Rhode Island political thing, but they're, they're not going to get anywhere with it because it's, it's not a workable policy. I, what I kind of wondered if, if this was partly an expression of frustration with, I mean, I thought of, I couldn't help but think of Dan McKee, you know, mayor, yes. was mayor, was it, was it piloted the mayoral Academy charter schools. That's in right. Cumberland. Everybody kind of expected something from him as governor, maybe some softening on that, in that regard on, in the state house as the governor, but instead he sold his soul to the teachers unions. And so he's fully owned. And so now the state's running the schools, the, the governor's fully owned property of the, the labor unions in the state, and especially the teachers unions. And there's not going to be any movement on this. So it makes you wonder if maybe they just wanted to get out ahead of it, get get a marker in the ground to say, yeah, we told you so. Uh, but it, it was actually kind of surprising to see Smiley there, which I, I 
if I had to bet beforehand, I would have say, said he would he would find some excuse not to attend uh, an event like this. Uh, so that that is a curious thing because he's, you know, you had Angel Tavares with the gotten a big big battles with the teachers unions, and obviously yes. we talked when when he tried to give a state of the city speech, and they just couldn't even hear him because of all the shouting because of the teachers. Uh, that's or well, union members, whether they were teachers, I don't know, remains to be seen. But the Smiley can't want that to start off with and it's an so it's an interesting signal for him to be sending at this point i i agree and i think that's the most interesting part about it justin caps it's just that that he's openly identifying and if you're going to do it you want to do it in the beginning someone again that i talked to said he thinks this is they're basically saying that the current situation in the providence schools with the union and so forth it's it's unfixable the way it was described to me it's like you have a broken car in the driveway and they're They've given up on trying to fix it. Now they're just saying, well, we're going to use this other car (laughs) as much, even though you're going to leave that car in the driveway. But I I think that's where we're at, where they realize nothing's going to change. The thing that stands in the way, why can't you extend the school day? Because the union, what, why can't you, you know, get more or try to do this or that? It's, it's the union stands in the way. It's not going to be broken. They've tried to nibble at the edges um, I, I, I think, I believe he's going to punt the schools back to Providence. Like, I don't want to deal with this, you know, and just throw it over to Smiley, let alone uh, Smiley, I believe, supported Helena folks. So he's not in the McKee camp. Uh, Governor McKee, by all accounts, he just gave them the contract that they wanted. That is one thing where Mayor Lorza was right when he said, you know, this was supposed to be a transformational contract. Governor McKee came in signed it and said, oh, and by the way, here's $3,000 bonuses. Hmm. So, but what I do like about it, Justin, is they, they all say, if I had to do it all over again, you know, I wouldn't have fallen for this. You got to get everyone together. You got to try to work. There, there's Angel Tavares and Joe Palino saying, it, 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 you can't work with these people. They, they are non-negotiable demands. It is a trap. They run out the clock, delay, delay. They promise, they promise. You're better off up as soon as you walk in the door because then you can improve things and after four years at least you'll have some results now justin you and i um spend quite spend quite a bit of fair time very active on social media i am just curious your thoughts about where twitter is right now and especially learning over the weekend that elon Musk did that poll i think he had 15 million votes and president trump now is allowed i don't think he's tweeted yet but he's allowed back on twitter yeah, well, I mean, I've I've noticed a change in Twitter. Um, not as huge as some people are saying they've seen, but but it's definitely I'm seeing more diversity of of, of commentary. It's not the yeah. same handful of progressives that are constantly in my stream. Uh, so I, I think Elon Musk is doing a lot of a lot of good things, opening it up, and and the fact that progressives in the mainstream media, I mean, CBS News withdrew saying it's Saw 200 that. and then wow. it was out they said oh well we're back we, we we just we made sure that it was okay and now we're, we're back and safe so i mean he's by these reactions you can tell he's doing doing good work now the the trump angle i i think is interesting i mean it, it may make some people angry but i when when trump went after desantis right before the yeah. election it pretty much told me all I need to know. And that's that he is not going to adjust. He's not in it for the party or even ultimately for the country no. unless for him. I mean, that's just the impression he's giving. You don't do yep. something like that if you're thinking of anybody except your own marketing plan. And that's so right. I, I, I just think Trump at this point and the whole with Elon Musk allowing him back on Twitter, it's starting to feel like a, you know, like a reality TV thing. I mean, mm. just right out of you know, whatever, whatever his show was, um, the, right. fired the, yeah, that's yeah. Apprentice. Sorry. Uh, I mean, it's just like, okay, will he tweet? Tune in next week, you know. And, and it's just gonna be. You just feel like it's gonna be like that. And he'll he'll he's right now got his team of marketers. Okay, what do I tweet? When? What's the goal? Uh, so it's it's really fading into um, into into that sort of more of a, a cultural entertainment phenomenon, which in some ways it probably was for progressives the whole time, even when he was president, he was, he, he was the bad guy in their their drama. Uh, but the, I think, I don't know, I, it's it's possible, but I I think we're going to see Trump's brand, in, at least in politics, fading at this point. And I I think it'll, it's hard to see how he could leverage either getting on Twitter or not getting on Twitter 
to to his to an end that won't just feel like a sitcom it's sort of like like a like a when you watch these shows and every 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 season if it's if it's a romance will they get together this season will they and there's there's hints every time i think we're going to get that kind of a a feeling from him on twitter uh and and i i think people more and more people are starting to say you know what this show's getting a little old i think it's time for it to retire we're going to find out. It's it's pretty dangerous when, when he's already or their fear is that if he doesn't win the Republican nomination, he'll bro- break off, go third party in 10 on running anyway and just destroy the Republican chances along with it. But we have a long way to go. Folks, again, he is the uh, managing editor, AnchorRising.com, a segment of politics this week. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. Happy Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you again. Yeah, Have a great Thanksgiving with your family, everybody. The Cohesit Inn, 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, it's Donna Perry. DJ, touch on a little bit about, right before the break, the cultivation that the Democrat Party, and you and I had talked, that in some ways they kind of lean towards, you know, they, they are very plugged in with Section 8 housing. They're very plugged in with a lot of social programs. So it's almost like a really good natural intro to them to find people who might not necessarily be right on the radar of potential voters. Yeah. And, and John, um, so as now I am a Massachusetts Republican and yeah. I am on a town committee, et cetera, but I, I have, I felt very disappointed. Um, and I, I know Jeff deal is a solid guy, but it was not a solid effort. No. I'm sorry, you know, Wasn't. and, and I would also say in a wider sense, the mass GOP, um, I've seen them speak at, you know, meetings we've had and, and the, the, uh, guy that's been the chair a long time, very nice guy, Jim Lyons and, but John, over recent years, you know, they got caught up like many state GOPs. Yeah. They would just cut and paste, even up to now, like meaningless press releases even right. from Trump's, you know, half-baked operation now that's just tagging along at Mar-a-Lago. And yeah. you know what? That's not doing the work. I'm no. sorry. Um, and they are based more in Woburn, which, you know, they're very affluent areas. And if you understand what the changing demographics of Massachusetts and Rhode Island, and I'll just give a couple of quick examples. When you talk about, and to me, these were openings Jeff Deal just never went to. When you talk about crime and, and whether, and God knows Boston has their share of it. You don't have to go all the way to New York. There is a changing demographic when you get into the inner city, Mattapan, Dorchester, you have lots of clusters of Asians, you have Pakistanis, they are new, uh, Indian, they are uh, new emerging communities in this state, they're in Rhode Island. And John, they're shop owners, they own small stores, they're trying to make a living, they're trying to contribute. And guess what? They're the biggest victims of terrible assaults and crimes yes, and you right. we see it on the news every night and the guy jumps across the counter and stra- practically strangles the guy and they had a, a poor man months ago and i think he did die um you know and he uh, was of middle eastern descent but those people are here they're trying to work they pay taxes in my opinion is the republican party we outreach to them they can become a conservative voter i'm sorry and and point out no offense someone like maura healy who stands for crime policies that end up letting thugs like that get barely touched after a violent assault right i never heard anyone from the republican party or deal say she is her views are partly why you see what you saw on the news last night, for instance, in Dorchester. Mm. I mean, these are big stories and you have it in Rhode Island. And so I'm just saying there are other communities. You can't just be comfortable with the middle, you know, the middle class and far flung suburbs as your voter. In um, in Rhode Island, two Asian members, I think, for the first time been elected at the Rhode Island State House, but they both were in the Democrats, which leads begs the question, where was the Republican Party? with Mayor Fung out there saying, hey, we want you to run as a Republican. I don't know 
if that outreach that's uh, right right but donna perry right now i mean the state of as much as you know they would knock bike baker and he's a rhino and he was with trump he was also a republican governor um he was very effective he got two terms could add a third term if he wanted yes definitely and and where does it lead you now that the deal campaign as you and i talked about the whole strategy of like not talking to the media and trying to just do this i don't know what that was i mean he got pounded worse than ashley kalis who really got you know yeah. tattooed it's um it's really discouraging because it's it's almost like people to me that they, they're not in touch like in with where they are like okay so you watch fox and newsmax and you listen to all these right. podcasters but you, you're living in the northeast and what plays in texas and south carolina and florida it, it doesn't you know it doesn't play in Wayland and it doesn't play in Foxborough and you 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 can't just cheer along with these Trump rallies that you're watching going on in certain states right and and that's why I say let you know it's very disappointing and I I am a loyal Republican for the state of Mass they did get some good messages out about you know the taxes or whatever but that sure. you know you you have to really run hard when you're taking on a machine like Amora yep. Healy right. and she just is walking in John, like a coronation. Um, she's not going to bring people together. She does. And that was a lot of her ads and she's going to, you know, lower the cost of living in Massachusetts. It's like, what? No, <laughs> there's not a tax that she hasn't ever gotten behind. Um, there's just like all this fiction and it went unanswered. And, and I would just also add that when you look at these very changing states in New England, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, John, there are conservative Latinos out there. They are right. there. Yes. Um, the, the Hispanics, and, and they tend to have a more conservative overall viewpoint. You know, and I think when you look at Yunkin in Virginia, he, that's yep. a part of the coalition he's built with the parents you know, um, and I just think the the Republicans are going to be out in the wilderness for a long time if they do not understand you. Mm. You've got to move beyond those comfortable suburbs and you've got to give like it's not enough to say all the crime is in Democratic run cities. OK, well, then. But you need they needed another tagline. I mean, you know, you have to say so. Here's why these assaults are happening. And this, this Democrat who's trying to become your governor, she stands for people have no bail to post and, you know, let the guy out in five minutes, but you have to be willing to engage with the media. Jeff Deal could have stood in front of TV reporters in Boston and say, look, here, here's her record. You know what I mean, John? Like you got to take that fight really to them. Yes. And we didn't Folks, see quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming, experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439 439- 6028 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at Yankee Tree Service, the licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. 